Hello and welcome to the Mr. Brown podcast, where I reflect on my journey as an early career teacher with a special focus on mental health. I am your host, James Brown. Salutations. It's been two weeks since we last spoke. And in those two weeks, two things in particular have jumped out at me that I thought were worth discussing on today's episode. The first, kindness bingo. Now, last week, on Monday, it was the 13th of November, and the 13th of November is World Kindness Day. And in celebration of World Kindness Day, and indeed to encourage students to be kind to one another. The leaders of Year 9 in my school, I'm a Year 9 tutor, so my leaders in this respect, rolled out kindness bingo. And let me describe kindness bingo to you. Each student has a small card, on the back of which I think there are 15 different behaviours which instantiate kindness to lesser or greater degrees, but still most of them have something to do with being kind. And what the student must do over the course of the week is do each of these things in the presence of a teacher, get a teacher to sign it off, and once the entire bingo card has been completed, they would return to the Year 9 leaders, hand it in, and in return, they could get, I think it was 20 pride points. So we operate a points-based system in my school, and they could get 20 of those points. And these points in my school essentially work like a currency. Because each Friday afternoon, there is a rewards shop where students can use their accumulated points to buy things like confectionery or stationery or even footballs. Stuff like that. So we've got this kindness bingo card. And if they complete it, they get points which they can use in the reward shop to buy things. One of the kind behaviours on the kindness bingo card was to write a thank you note or a thank you postcard. So students have been given postcards as well in order to complete this particular kindness task. It was to write a postcard to someone thanking them for something. And a lovely student in my year nine maths group wrote me the postcard saying, Dear Mr. Brown, thank you for being so kind. And I've spoken on the podcast before about how students have said that they think I'm kind and how it really means so much to me. And so when I received this postcard, you know, it hit me right in the feels once again. She gave it me at the start of the lesson. An hour later, at the end of the lesson, she came and said, Oh, sir, can you fill in my kindness bingo card? So I had a look on the bingo card and I identified the little task that was to to, to send one of these postcards to someone. I ticked it and signed it and off she went. And I thought about it afterwards. For me, on the receiving end of that act of kindness, the giving of the postcard, having then to 
sign the kindness bingo card afterwards somewhat diminished that act of kindness for me. I mean, I should have expected it, but for me, it made me feel that instead of sending me a postcard because they wanted to, they were perhaps sending me a postcard because they wanted their kindness bingo sheet to be filled in so they could get the pride points, so they could spend them in the reward shop, etc. Now, perhaps I get too worked up about this sort of thing, because this student could have sent a postcard to anyone, yet she chose me, which is very touching and means a lot to me. And perhaps filling in the kindness bingo sheet was only a small part of her motivation. Perhaps the large part was because she wanted to show me an act of kindness by thanking me for being kind. So yes, perhaps I'm worrying too much. But thinking about the kindness bingo card more generally, I think it does seem to, first of all, gamify kindness. So turns it into a bit of a a game. And also instrumentalise kindness. Students might come to see kindness as a means to an end. What's that end? Well, it's to fill in the bingo card and to get all the pride points. And that's not what kindness is about. We should be kind to one another for its own inherent satisfactions. And going further than that, perhaps I should be kind to you, not because it makes me feel good, but because it makes you feel good. There might be occasions when being kind to you requires me having to do something that I'd rather not do. Perhaps I'm too tired to do, or I haven't got the time but I do it anyway because I know it means a lot to you. I think that's the essence of kindness. And I'm not sure whether, in that respect, the kindness bingo card really works. That said, there is another idea, and I'll read it to you. So I am doing a Master's in Character Education, which has massively enriched my experience as a teacher. And I would recommend this book on the topic. Understanding Character Education, Approaches, Applications and Issues, written by Paul Watts, Michael Fullard and Andrew Peterson. And on page 79, they write, The promise of rewards might in fact be useful with pupils, especially younger pupils, who initially require additional encouragement. Pupils may behave in certain ways because of the initial promise of a reward, but through the process may come to realise the importance of the behaviour and the emotional satisfaction associated with this. A pupil who repeatedly volunteers to help because they know they will receive a reward may eventually realise the internal satisfaction of doing good and develop a habit of this behaviour. In this way, rewards can be a useful short-term method for encouraging pupils to engage in positive behaviours. Now, I think that idea is intuitively plausible. And there might even be some theory to back it up. I've done a great deal of research on this idea throughout my master's so far. And I think it's the it's the intuitive understanding that a lot of teachers have when it comes to rewards. So reward students in order to get them to do the right thing, to be kind, for example. And then once they've started doing the right thing, once they've started being kind, they might 
realize that being kind is its own reward and then you can gradually wean them off the external rewards the points or the bingo cards or whatever it might be it's like taking the training wheels off and then all of a sudden they're doing the right thing because it's the right thing rather than because the reward contingency was in place so it seems to make sense that idea but there is no evidence to back it up no empirical evidence no one has actually run any experiments to see whether this works i'm hoping to to try to change that soon with my master's research but we'll see how it goes and i'll keep you posted so i'd be interested to hear your thoughts on the issue so if a student ideally should be doing something for its own reward for example being kind what role can rewards or things like bingo cards play are they always going to undermine that intrinsic motivation or can they be good initially to kind of get the ball rolling i'd be interested to hear your thoughts before proceeding my usual patreon plea this episode took 2 to 3 hours to produce and i aim to produce two episodes a month so that's somewhere between 4 and 6 hours a month that i spend producing the podcast and if you think that work is worth at least the price of a coffee two to three pounds a month then please consider signing up on patreon the link as always is in the show notes and you can help me cover the cost of producing the podcast and as an additional incentive if you sign up on patreon you can get videos of my recording sessions one week ahead of the release date Thank you ever so much. And now on with the episode. The second thing I would like to discuss today was a behavior management dilemma that arose this past week. It was in my year seven class, and I had a student who was being silly, a little disruptive, and sadly I had to give him a detention. He'd had several warnings, but still wasn't quite getting the idea and so in the moment i felt that that was my only recourse so i gave him the detention and i should stress that it was at the lowest rung it was the lowest rung detention on the detention ladder so it was just to be 15 minutes with me at break or lunchtime at the end of the lesson however he approached me in a very grown-up fashion and offered me a sincere apology. And he also discussed with me some changes that could be made that would help him focus more in lessons moving forward. So he had a very grown-up conversation with me, showed me a great deal of respect, and apologised for his bad behaviour. So the question, or the dilemma facing me, was, do I still follow through with the detention? On the one hand, The student needs to learn that his behaviour has consequences. On the other hand, giving him the detention now could take the gloss off this nice conversation that we've just had and could even hurt our relationship. What to do? In the end, I didn't give him the detention. And I later threw this question out on Twitter as a poll to see what other teachers thought 
and I think there were about 1,300 teachers who responded over a couple of days, and around 80% of them said that I should have given the detention. I should have followed through with the detention. That said, I didn't provide as much detail about the situation as I have done here. So it was also his first time for this sort of thing. I don't think I've ever given him a detention before. Um, And we've certainly never had a situation where I've given him a detention and he's apologised to me at the end of the lesson. Had that happened before and he had continued to misbehave in subsequent lessons, then I would have known that the apology was essentially empty. But no, this is the first time. And during that conversation, I did explain to him that sorry means he won't misbehave again. And he did nod along. So we'll see how he does. But again, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Like I said, 80% of teachers on Twitter thought that I should have followed through with the detention because the student must learn that his behaviour has consequences. In response to that, however, I would say, well, his behaviour that day or that lesson also included his apology. So he had his poor behaviour earlier on, and then we had this really good behaviour, in fact, at the end of the lesson, where he spoke to me respectfully like a grown-up and apologised. Shouldn't that behaviour have a consequence too? And isn't it appropriate for the consequence for that good behaviour to kind of almost cancel out the consequence for the earlier poor behaviour? What do you think? Again, I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts. Okay, before bringing the episode to a close today, I thought I'd just discuss my mental health briefly. After all, this is meant to be a podcast that addresses mental health issues as a teacher. And I don't think I've said anything explicitly on my mental health for a while, so I thought I'd have a little check-in. On the whole, my mental health continues to be very good, despite the fact that I am still struggling with my sleep. I discussed this in an earlier episode of the podcast. I had a couple of occasions last year, towards the end of last year, where I woke up really early, like about 3 a.m., and couldn't go back to sleep. And at the time, it was because I think I was worrying about various things, some of which had nothing to do with school. And then, in the course of a few days, those things had resolved themselves. I was no longer worrying. But the fact that I had woken up two days on the bounce at about 3 a.m., and had had pretty miserable days as a result. I was very, very tired. That made me start to worry about sleep itself. So sleep became its own source of stress. When I would lie down in bed at night to go to sleep, I'd think I'd be thinking, oh God, I need to go to sleep. Come on, I don't want to feel as bad as I have done when I've woken up at 3am. I hope I don't wake up at 3am again. Anyway, all these thoughts running through my head. I'm an overthinker. So sleep has become its own source of stress, although I am dealing with it. It isn't as bad as it was last year. But yes, so I have been a little sleep deprived recently. And I remember thinking during my training year that sleep was the only thing that could see me through as a teacher. That would be my last line of defence. If I had good sleep, I could function. And if 
I had poor sleep, then everything would crumble around me. And it turns out that was wrong. It isn't good sleep that makes me function as a teacher. It's the sense of purpose. And I think it's amazing what you can do, even on very little sleep, when you have a sense of purpose. So I guess I'm coming back to this idea that teaching, far from undermining my mental health, in fact has really bolstered it. And perhaps this is also why my mental health does seem to dip in the holidays, because of course in, in the holidays I don't have the teaching. Anyway, I think that's a topic for another day. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please let me know your thoughts. You can find me on Twitter. Go answer that poll if you haven't already. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on whether I should have followed through with that detention or not. And we will talk again in a couple of weeks' time. If you enjoyed this episode, please spread the word in person and on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at MrBrownPod or email MrBrownPod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate and review in your directory of choice. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash MrBrownPod and helping me cover the cost of producing the podcast. Thank you and talk again soon.